Hello and welcome. You are listening to the Move Nourished podcast, where we discuss nutritious eating, functional movement, and herbal medicine to help you move, eat, and live better. I'm Alyssa. And I'm Forrest. We're clinical herbalists, movement coaches, and wellness nerds. Let's get started. All right. So today we are going to be discussing the question, what are the driving mechanisms behind great sleep? And how do we optimize them to enhance your athletic recovery and just your recovery in general as a human living in the world? We will discuss the three masters of sleep and what you can do to leverage their benefits. And as always, we will do our best to leave you with as many practical tips as possible. But first, you probably know this, so this probably should go without saying, but it doesn't. So we're just going to start with just a uh, primer on why sleep is so important. Right. A couple of things that come to my mind that we've all experienced either not a great night's sleep or we've had to pull it on lighter or we've been traveling or for some reason or another. And we all know the feeling of maybe you get sandy eyes, maybe you get brain fog, maybe your appetite's all weird, maybe mm. your anxiety skyrockets, your mood's all over the place, your productivity's all over the place. So all of those things have mechanisms. There's a lot of research on sleep, but just to touch on a couple of them, right? The one that I always talk about first is that after just a few days of not even no sleep, but just subpar sleep where they cut people's sleep just a couple hours short, people started viewing the world as a more dangerous place. Yeah. So what they did was they showed people photos of faces, of people's faces before they did this, and they rated the people's faces as uh, neutral, dangerous, or positive, I believe. And then they deprived them of, they cut them short on sleep just a little bit. And then they asked them again using the same faces after they had deprived them of sleep. And the faces right. that many of them had rated as neutral or even positive beforehand, they were rating as hostile or threatening or dangerous after just a couple of days of subpar sleep. So the world becomes a more dangerous place for us, which obviously it's very easy to see how that would feed into increased anxiety or panic if you have any sort of increase in your stress levels, right? So if you're increased trying to- pain. Right, increase pain sensitization, absolutely. The second example that I always give is your appetite. Who has not, yeah, I'm sure so many people have experienced this, where you get a subpar night of sleep or you go out or whatever, you are traveling for whatever reason, and the next day, your sugar cravings are just off the charts. And you're like, what, where is this coming from? And you might not have been able to connect it, but that was probably very likely because of the subpar sleep, because your brain, not having gotten the repair and the rejuvenation and the downtime that it needed, is like, we need more energy. Feed us sugar. So your sugar cravings go crazy. Your appetite goes crazy. It's all wonky. You feel like you need more caffeine. It's Metab Metabolically, your insulin uh, mm -hmm. sensitization decreases. Mm -hmm. Your rate of converting fat into energy decreases. Absolutely. Uh, my big thing that I look at is mm. the repair of the nervous system and the body. So mm -hmm. I think of first is in the nervous system. Our deep sleep is the time that we're pruning and weeding out all of the nervous system information that we've pulled in during the day. We're sifting yeah. it, sorting consolidating. it, consolidating it. And then during REM sleep, we start to strengthen those connections and build new connections between the new stuff that we've learned or experienced during the day and the old stuff that's in our memory. And so we cycle back and forth in our sleep between these periods. You think about if we're making a sculpture, at first you go to sleep and 
you this big block of clay and you start just cutting off big pieces of it. And then you start to shape it into something. And then you might go back into another cycle where you're cutting off some more pieces. And then you go back into some more shaping and you go back and forth between these two cycles that really it's the combination of those two that gives us the big neural benefits of sleep. And when we're not sleeping enough, we can oftentimes miss out on one of those because they need to have a certain amount of time to work. And so when you're reducing your sleep, not only you're just decreasing the amount of repair time, but you're screwing up the ability to balance those non-REM sleep and REM sleep that have really crucial functions. And the other the last part that I, I think I would say is really important is the growth hormone reduction. Yes. And so growth hormone, which is produced during sleep, and there's plenty of studies showing that the reductions of it from lack of sleep and even just suboptimal sleep, that's going to promote cartilage and fascial repair. It is going to work on increasing lipolysis, increasing the ability to convert fat into energy, body fat and energy. It's necessary for protein synthesis and muscle hypertrophy. So it's mm -hmm. really crucial for gains at the gym. Yep. You're not getting um, your gains if you're not getting your sleep, people. And then it's also extremely important for glycogen cycling. So mm -hmm. ability to effectively store and release glycogen in athletic endeavors is also governed by this growth hormone that we're only getting. And there's even more. I mean, insulin regulation, cortisol regulation, immune health. Just general tissue repair, general energy levels, all of that is linked to sleep and the and the restoring and reparative functions that are exclusively take place or primarily take place during that time. Yeah, right. Beautiful. So, Forrest, what are these three masters of sleep, these chemicals or these compounds that we're going to be focusing on as a way to organize our thoughts around sleep hygiene right. today? So I think of three systems that are driving us to go to sleep. So... There is the, it's time to sleep because I'm tired system. And that's governed by adenosine. So adenosine is a byproduct of burning energy. So mm -hmm. when we have ATP or adenosine triphosphate that is built as our kind of energy currency for, for moving through life and doing things. And as we burn that energy, we get adenosine that builds up in the system as a sign of the usage of energy. And as we build adenosine, our system says, oh, I'm tired. I've been burning energy. That's the way that we gauge how much energy we've been burning. And so then the subjective sense of how tired we are. Then we have melatonin, which is part of the circadian cycle. And so the circadian rhythm is, it is involved in a lot of functions, but we can think about a lot in regards to sleep and wake cycles. And it's the system that's saying it's time to sleep because it's nighttime. It's dark out. It's dark outside. It's dark out. Now it's the time to sleep. So it's a time-based system. This is the one people hear a lot about this one. So we'll be sure to, yeah. to give a little bit more information about that when we go into detail about practical Definitely. remedies for each of these. Yeah. And then the last system is the relaxation system, or, which we can think of as being involved with the neurotransmitter GABA, though there's, all, there's other chemicals involved in it as well. And it's saying it's time to sleep because I'm relaxed and cozy. It's I'm safe. A, I'm safe. I'm cozy. I'm relaxed. It's a restful time. Mm -hmm. That's the relaxation response. Yeah. And so these three systems are working on different metrics all towards the same goal, which is going to sleep. And, and so it's a, it can be an interesting thing of seeing how these cycles line up and how we can 
enhance all three of them to get the best quality sleep that we can possibly get. Awesome. So let's go through and give some practical examples or practical tips for how to leverage each of these three systems, starting okay. with, uh, let's just start with the adenosine system. Okay. So the adenosine system, first off, we're looking at the system of energy burning. So energy in, energy out is the name of the game with adenosine. So you need to be eating enough calories and, and enough macronutrients to build up enough energy to burn. So caloric deficiencies and even for the more intense sides of diets have shown to decrease sleep quality. Yeah. So if you're not putting enough fuel in, you're not going to have enough fuel to burn, which then messes up your adenosine The accumulation system. of your adenosine and then the body is not signaled that there's a there's enough yes. there's a, there's not a big enough pile of empty holes from all the nuts you've been shucking if you will exactly yeah. on the other end of that we have you need to move and exercise enough to burn enough calories to create enough adenosine as well so you need both sides of that energy equation it's we're built to be intaking fuel and burning fuel not sitting idle with a half empty tank and that's going to promote the optimal mitochondrial usage of energy which is going to give us that adenosine that's going to make us feel like oh we're tired and we've worked hard today we need to sleep so speaking of the accumulation of adenosine that helps signal that it's time to sleep because you're tired part and parcel of this right is getting enough of your mitochondrial nutrients and so this is a buzzword right now so i just wanted to briefly explain what i mean by that and what we mean by that Mitochondrial nutrients have to do with the Krebs cycle, which is another thing you word or or buzzword that you may have heard ad nauseum. And it's very complicated. It gets very complicated very quickly. But the simplest explanation that I can give you is that there are certain nutrients that are required by every cell in your body, in your mitochondria, which remember from ninth grade science class is the powerhouse of the cell. It's what churns out all of the little units of energy that you use for everything. Every cell in your body, every mitochondria in every cell requires certain nutrients to chemically make that process happen. And if you're not getting enough of those, one or more of those, then it's going to make it more difficult for you to have enough energy in order to be able to do the exercise that you need in order to go out and burn the calories to build up the adenosine in order to feel tired. So basically they're the nutrients needed to be able to intake and burn your burn calories, right? Right. You can't run a car without oil. Right. You need gas, but yes. you also need oil. So yes. you can think about it like that if that's helpful. So what are those nutrients? Just really quickly, your Bs, one through five, zinc, magnesium, iron, selenium, and CoQ10 would be the list of those. Wonderful. So, And there's reasons why people would need to supplement with many of those, right? All of well, Many of our clients are on several to the majority of those, CoQ10 being the one that I probably use the least often. But one really important consideration for CoQ10 specifically is if you are on a statin drug, that not only depletes the same mechanism by which it depletes your cholesterol, it also depletes your ability to make CoQ10. So if you are on right. a statin drug, just that is an important consideration that you may need a little supplemental CoQ10. Right. And I'm sure we'll do another episode where we'll dive into some fun topics with mitochondrial health and nutrition. Yeah, I love mitochondria. The next thing that I look at with the adenosine system is caffeine. So we think mm -hmm. caffeine is not just a stimulant to the nervous system. But one of the mechanisms that caffeine works by is it blocks adenosine receptors. So that's especially what makes caffeine last longer sometimes. The stimulating effect of it 
is shorter lived, but then we have this longer lived effect of blocked adenosine. So it's like an anti-tiredness effect. Yep. So how strong your adenosine blocking effects of caffeine, how strongly caffeine affects your adenosine receptors is different depending on genetics and other factors. So that's where it becomes really important to manage your caffeine and think for a general rule, nobody should be doing caffeine after I'd say around two o'clock is for the, for the most part. But some folks need to cut that back way earlier because the adenosine blocking effects. I was going to say, if I had caffeine at 2 o'clock, I'd be up till next Thursday. Exactly. And again, I know there are people that seem to have a much less adenosine blocking effect that can Mm -hmm. have a post-supper cup of espresso. But I think that (laughs) I don't understand that. And I think that's a lot less people than people think. So if you have wonderful sleep and wonderful energy levels every day you wake up and you're just ready to jump out of bed and do 20 goblet squats then keep doing that if you don't then you may need to reconsider your caffeine strategy Mm -hmm. so working that back if you're having trouble sleeping i go with you either cut caffeine off around like 10 30 or 11 and even consider doing a doing a caffeine fast where you're like dropping caffeine for a week or two and then adding it back and seeing how that affects your sleep and that kind of thing. The last, last one, part, mm-hmm. the last one with that is napping. So napping, a lot of folks are anti-napping for sleep quality. I am pro-napping. I think that a lot of us are so in our society, we're so sleep deprived. We need all the sleep we can get if you can work naps in. But the big caveat I have with napping is that later napping so Mm -hmm. napping after 3 p.m is it's going to mess with your adenosine system really power napping that's the whole point of it you you don't really get much restorative sleep in power napping what you do is you like drain some adenosine from the system to make you Mm -hmm. less tired Mm -hmm. so napping abuse using power (laughs) napping too much or napping too late in the day you're going to reduce your adenosine which then can make it harder to get to sleep because you don't have enough adenosine built up in the evening. To say it's time to sleep because you're tired. Exactly. Let's talk about melatonin. Yeah, melatonin and the circadian rhythm system, Mm -hmm. which is it's time to sleep because it's time to sleep. It's night time. Now, I I think we're going to do another episode about it's a circadian rhythm, not a circadian regiment Mm -hmm. or um, routine. Schedule, yeah. Circadian rhythms are dynamic. There's studies showing that how melatonin is released is dependent on the time of year. Mm -hmm. So... Your circadian rhythm is different during the summer with longer days than it is during the winter. Totally. Circadian rhythm is also completely different during the different phases of the moon. So circadian rhythms are different in full moons than they are in new moons and everywhere in between. So there's a lot more variables. It's circadian rhythms aren't a, I, it's time, I go to bed at, at 10 p.m. And, and I wake that, up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is an alternative to circadian rhythm that sometimes can do more harm than good. So we think about how do we leverage the circadian rhythm. My One of my biggest things is try to go outside around dusk or sunset time. Because of the artificial light and the kind of environments we live in, if you're, if you're inside and you, you miss that- Your body won't notice. Yeah. You mm-hmm. miss that time period. It makes it harder on your circadian to work just by clock. There'll right. be a certain amount of melatonin that's supposed to be released just at that time period, no matter where you are. But but melatonin also relies on external feedback to boost its production. 
And so, which is why I think also it's really important to scale down. If you can't go outside for whatever reason, you can mimic that effect by starting to turn the lights down around yeah. around the same time of day to mimic a sunset. Exactly. Yes. Especially oh. blue light, right? Blue We've light. all heard about the blue light thing, but if so you, yeah, reducing blue light around sunset or around that time and there are a couple of different strategies you can use for that there are programs for your computer there are now programs on your phone it's pretty much built into most there's, iphones now there's glasses you there can wear glasses you can wear absolutely and especially important is to eliminate it in the bedroom and i would say yes. that this goes for all lights in the bedroom just stack yeah. on power lights charging lights all of that stuff if if it's a light in the bedroom and it's not as pitch black as it can possibly be in the bedroom yeah. you need to whip out the electrical tape yeah yeah, you keep it really dark and exposing yourself to darkness, mm -hmm. not just at bedtime, but also just around there, being out, going out into the night, going into dark rooms, that kind of thing, as much as you can, depending on where you live, that darkness exposure is going to be really important. Yeah. Uh, the other thing is temperature. The other big thing that the melatonin system or the circadian system uses as a feedback mechanism is temperature because the temperature goes down at night and our body temperature drops and it's part of the sleep cycle. Mm -hmm. So part of the thing that kind of keeps that sleep cycle maintained is those drops in temperature. So keeping the bedroom too warm can be a big problem for sleep quality. Mm -hmm. So you keep it, your bedrooms at a, at a like really comfortable, warm temperature ambient, like in the bedroom outside of the covers and then you're under covers. You're it's getting warm. so warm that you're basically interrupting that feedback cycle that's saying, oh, part of being asleep at nighttime is it gets colder. So turning the thermostat a little bit lower down, not overdoing with the covers. Also, a thing you can do is take a hot bath before bedtime because we think you take a hot bath and that effect after you get out of the bath is a cooling effect on the body. Mm -hmm. And so that can be a way to jumpstart that lowered body temperature to help you for the evening. Totally. The last thing with that is light exposure during the day is helpful for the circadian rhythm. So Yes, especially you know, early in the morning. Especially early in the, in the morning. Day that you can't yeah, getting that light exposure helps with the circadian rhythm cycling. Also, vitamin D, which you're hopefully getting from light exposure, but also from the diet or from supplements, it seems to have a relation to melatonin production. Getting enough vitamin D is another way to help boost this system. And the last thing I'd say with this system is if you're thinking about using a melatonin supplement, using it the right way. Yes. Melatonin supplements are oftentimes used attempted to be used as a sleep aid, as like a let thing to make you go to sleep, like a sedative. To do that, basically, you're hoping that the melatonin you're taking is enough that it's going to just override whatever is going on with the rest of your system and make you sleepy. It's like a, getting a horse tranquilizer of melatonin, like a, a bunch <laughs> yeah. of, and usually what that, that has two effects. One is you have to ramp the dosage. You have to keep increasing the dosage of melatonin to m keep that effect because your body will build a tolerance to that large dose of melatonin. Yes. And secondly, it's going to be very hard to sleep without that melatonin. And you're going to have rebound insomnia really bad if you ever run out or decide you don't want to take that every day anymore. I think that's a really poor use of the melatonin supplements. What you can use a melatonin supplement is at a lower dose to 
boosts the circadian rhythm cycle around sunset. So instead of taking 10 to 20 milligrams of melatonin, you take no more than five at yep. dusk, about around the time that would be that the sun's starting to go down. Right when the light starts to change, you take a smaller dose, smallest dose you can buy. So like a lot of times, oh, one or two milligrams, one or two milligrams, even 0.5 or just get the easier ones to get are the five milligrams. You just cut them in half and take that in, in the evening. And that can really do wonders for resetting that circadian rhythm, especially if you find like you don't have insomnia, but you just don't get sleepy till one o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And I think one thing that I f frequently find myself telling clients is that if melatonin is the issue, then melatonin will help. But if it's one of these other two masters of sleep, for example, exactly. then melatonin is only going to, you know, so people, I think uh, because melatonin is so widely available, there's a lot of there's more literacy around that than a lot of things that people use as sleep aids. People turn to that thinking it's going to be a cure-all and then get frustrated when it doesn't work. And it's, yeah, it's frustrating because if, if the issue is not melatonin, then melatonin is not going to help. Yeah, don't try to use melatonin to over leverage for the other two systems. You know, right. Use melatonin if you need extra circadian rhythm help and the lifestyle recommendations we just talked about aren't enough and you mm -hmm. need something to help shift that it's time to go to sleep because it's nighttime. Mm -hmm. Don't try to use melatonin to make you sleepy because you're tired. That's not its system. <laughs> right. That's not, it's not going to help with that. Yeah. Awesome. So what about GABA? GABA's my friend. I love GABA. Yeah. So GABA's are GABA's are our last system. All of our the, friends. It's not just it's my all friend. our friends. It's the relaxation, cozy, what's the new hoogie. So basically it's saying it's you're safe, you're relaxed, you're cozy. Now you can you're rest done and for go the to day. sleep. Yep. This is why if you go to a nice relaxation class, it doesn't matter if you're not very tired and you've had a good night's sleep. You can still get a little sleepy and want to take a nap mm -hmm. after that guided meditation or something because relaxation itself also moves us towards that. Sleep. Oh, we, we can take mm -hmm. a, we can go to sleep. Yeah. So this system is where we're looking at how to manage our downtime and our quiet time and our wind down time, how to not be overstimulated by the time it gets into the time we're wanting to go to sleep so that. GABA is on our side so that relaxation is on our side to help us get a good quality sleep. Right. How do so, we do this? Yeah. How do we do this? You know, so many ways, so many ways. One thing is uh, there's, there is some things to avoid, avoiding stimulants, especially later in the day, avoiding uh, high intensity exercise too late in the day. Mm, that's a big uh, one for a lot of people. Avoiding other like high intensity sensory experiences, loud headbanging music. Anything that's like amping things up mm -hmm. is working counter to the GABA system. Yep. And then I think also it's very trendy right now to have a morning routine, right? But right. I think it's also equally important to consider and be intentional about your evening routine. Yes. What are you doing as it gets close to bedtime? What are your rituals? What are your habits? What does your screen time look like? And just being aware that those things likely are either contributing or detracting from your ability to yes. produce enough GABA or make use of your GABA in order to feel relaxed and cozy. So yeah, and no work in the bedroom, having good boundaries around work, having yes. quiet time, having a cup of chamomile tea. There's also a couple of herbs that are specifically GABAergic, like kava kava. Like Forrest was saying, avoiding high intensity exercise really late. Some people are fine with that. Some A lot of people aren't. And then any type of 
taking a bath, having a cup of tea, listening to a sleep story. One of my favorites, ladies, is an app called Dipsy, which is yeah. uh, a sexy app for ladies, but it also uh, puts a really strong emphasis on relaxation and winding down. So there's soundscapes of falling rain and crashing waves on the ocean. And you know, then you can also leverage things like aromatherapy. So there, your options are not unlimited, but certainly... But they're numerous. Numerous. You know, it's all about like leveraging what are the things like reducing overstimulating activities, mm -hmm. increasing relaxation inducing activities, and also then scheduling that to happen as part of your of your evening routine. Yes. And it's crime dramas. Yeah, maybe not murder podcasts at 11 p.m. Murder podcasts and things like they can be a part of your evening routine, <laughs> but like... You might cycle from that into a sleep story or something, a warm bath or something mm -hmm. that's, that is taking it down a notch from there. Yeah, uh, totally you just, agree. You kind yeah. of think. Sorry, how to I didn't mean that. to crap all over a murder mystery podcast. I was just <laughs> teasing people. I know the white women of America are going to come after me. But it's important. Like we can think about what are those things that induce it. And another thing that I I don't know research wise which system it's working on, but I I would imagine it's working on the relaxation system is warm light exposure, so firelight, mm -hmm. so a campfire or candles, things like that. They do they induce a very primal relaxation response. Yeah, that's could, the best use of those Himalayan salt lamps, people. They're not, I hate to tell you that they're not doing much to purify your air, but they are great as a source of warm light that's are, a little bit yeah, safer yeah. and longer lasting than a candle. Yes, mm -hmm. yeah. All right, my friends, we've been talking about sleep hygiene to optimize recovery. So if you have any questions, you can leave us a comment on social. But thank you for listening to the Move Nourished podcast. I'm Alyssa. And I'm Forrest. And we will catch you next time.